Did you know our hearts connect deeply wherever you and I are in the world? Hi, I'm Andrea Petrut, Intuitive Life and Relationship Coach. Here at Healing Through Oneness Podcast, together we find what makes us unique and what keeps us united. We learn of past ones and ways to heal. We release old stories and create new, empowering realities that serve us now. Join me and my guests to recognize the truth within, discover why you are precious, connect with what sets you apart, and allow the world to welcome you and resonate with your heart. We are one. Hello everyone, we are here with another episode and today I have two amazing guests that I have never met if it weren't for Podmatch, a platform where Tamala Show, welcome Tamala. Thank you. Had not invited me to her Codependent Me podcast, which for me was the best thing that could have ever happened as a first time guest on a pot on somebody else's podcast uh and i didn't know everything that tamala did i just learned by connecting with her before we recorded and then when i read this book which is co-authored we're her mom mrs miss gail show welcome miss gail good morning welcome thank you <laughs> God turned mommy's wine into water. Yes. What a powerful message that can lead us to think in a lot of ways. Right. Um, I invited you both because I've never seen a book written by mother and daughter team. Mm -hmm. And yes. looking at the title, we can all understand what's the story is about or thinking of the title well just if we're just listening mm -hmm. turning wine into water this says that some stories in there refer to alcohol and i want to know please tell everybody listening why the title uh, of the book first i want to say thank you for having us thank you really thank really you. appreciate that um, thank you for taking the time to read the book, everybody. You know, it, just because you write it doesn't mean someone's going to read it. So I am yeah. honored for anyone who uh, takes the time to read the book. So dealing in codependency, everyone, first of all, just to know what codependency is, sometimes people just don't know. Yeah. But the biggest thing is sometimes you don't know how codependency comes about, right? Um so it was about telling a story about how my codependency came about, but it was never something that I planned. I was in the shower. That's where God speaks to me. It's around water, you know, and he gave me the book. He was like, you're going to write a book with your mom. This is the title. The, and he gave me the literally the title of every chapter. Wow. Every chapter. I had to jump out, grab a pad of paper, go, wait, God, wait. <laughs> yeah. 
God, wait. <laughs> no, I can't write it down fast enough. So I told mom mm -hmm. about it. And um, she was like, God didn't tell me that. <laughs> My response was, she says, well, mom, God says that we're going to write a book. I said, well, he hasn't talked to me about it yet. So. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so I continued to write because I knew in time he mm -hmm. would give her what, you know, what he had already given me. Yeah. But we are both firm believers that if God didn't give it to you, that it's not your obligation to do it. Right. So yeah. it took about six months. Yes. It took about six months. And then she came back and she said, Tam, yeah, it's time. It's time to go ahead and start writing. Wow. So God gave us that title. Well, God gave me that title. And mom agreed with it because she's always talked about God turning. Like that's what God does because of course the scripture in the Bible is how God turned water into wine, right? Yeah. Well, our blessing was that God did the same thing, just opposite. Mm -hmm. You know, he he turned he turned that thing around because it was a need. Oh, it was such a need, and there was so much struggle. Yes. And what's beautiful, and I'll allow Mom to tell her story is. One thing that we realized through all of this is until you hand something to God and say, God, you do what you need to do with it. So she couldn't turn her wine and her wine into water. God had to do it. So it wasn't a situation where mom said, well, I can fix this and I can fix that. God had to do it. So that's how the title came about. Wow. This is I, I would like to breathe into that because what you just said, what you both shared is very, very powerful. First of all, I heard that God speaks in many ways yes. and we can hear that, that voice. Mm -hmm. Then your faith of listening and taking action, you know, that, that says a lot about your inner work. Thank you. And also because you, Miss Gail, you know, you needed your own time Yes. To get to your own inner knowing and inner yes. yes um, that shows that we all have our own rhythm and pace. Yes. And, and it takes time yes. for some things to happen. And it's okay. We just need patience. Okay. God has patience. Why wouldn't we? <laughs> right. And that's it. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. And it happens in God's time, not in mine. You know? Um. What can what can you tell um, our listener and viewers about yourself? So whoever wants to start first, just to share a bit about your story. What would you like us to know about you, your journey, and what you are doing now? Because we, both of you are doing wonderful things, and you turned your life around, and you're helping others. Yes. Okay, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for having us. Uh, I am a recovering alcoholic. And on May 12th, it will be 10 years. Yes, I'm so excited and grateful to God. And it's not the first time that I've tried it. Um, mm -hmm. I've tried to get sober several times before, and it never worked. It was I would go a certain amount of time, and then I would start drinking again. This last time, I asked God, I said, God, I need you to take this from me. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. I can't do it by myself. So once I gave it to him, that's when... 10 years later, I'm still sober and grateful and so happy. I am so happy for the journey and this wonderful 
wonderful woman right here. She is amazing and she is she is my ride or live. Yes. And through this journey with being with her and doing the things that she's doing with codependent me, it's been it's what keeps me sober and what keeps me happy. And I'm just grateful. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Um, before you say your story, Tamala, and what you want to tell us, I would like to acknowledge that two things. One, it takes a lot of courage to share in writing, to make public a story like that. And it's not just one story. The book is full of harsh truth, mm -hmm. the reality both of you have lived. Yes. And it, you also speak in words, in, in writing, uh, in a very compassionate, graceful way towards the people who have not always treated you um, as you deserved, as a human being. Mm -hmm. And so grace, love, faith, um, compassion, dignity, empowerment, yeah. um, truth, uh, honesty, authenticity, all of these transpire throughout your book. And the other thing is, this is a self-published book. And for those of us who know, who are writers or writers-to-be or who have published a book, we know that it's very challenging mm -hmm. to, to publish something on your own. It takes a lot of time, effort, it takes a lot of things. And for us who want to help people and bring an impact, and please, Tamala and Ms. Gail, tell me how you feel about that. But I, mm -hmm. as a writer for me, is, is when I want to have an impact, it's not about perfection. It has to get out. And when God, the divine, or whoever we believe in speaks to you and says, you got to do this, the faster you get it out to those who need it, the better. And it doesn't matter, uh, you know, like, oh, it has to be this and this and that. No, it has to be out yeah. in the best way I can in the moment, because the sooner I get it out, the sooner people who need it will be supported by it. So what's your story, Tamala? because a lot of it is in here and you have, you know, there's something in, in the end, there's a letter you wrote to a man, a yes. letter from a black woman to a black man. And I really loved it. And if you can, can tell us about the structure of the book after you tell us about your story. So I am Tamala and I can only, I've learned that no matter what you go through in life, Nine times out of 10, you're going through those things to number one, see how you're going to survive it. God gives us challenges, right? To see how strong we can be. Yes. So one thing that I've learned in the last few months is that God gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. Yeah. You don't realize the gift on your life until things start to happen, right? Yeah. Um, what's beautiful about this book is me and mom, we did, we wrote the book together in the same room, but we did not read each other's portion until the book was finished. Wow. There's a lot of things in the book that mom didn't know about until she read the book, right? Yes. So there was a lot of struggles that I had as a child or a lot of stigma is what I call it, that I went through as a child that she had no clue about. Yeah. 
you know? So before she read it, I wanted to let her know, you're going to read things that you didn't know and it's okay. I don't want you to blame you. I don't want you to feel like because you didn't know that you are less than because everything that I went through, I needed to go through in order to be who I am today. And I love me. Right. Mm. So I think I'm pretty awesome too. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. I can <laughs> <laughs> But without those struggles, without those things, I wouldn't be able to be the person that's sitting before you today. Right. And everything that I've gone through is for people who are going through those things right now. You know, it's kind of like your title. We always say hurt people hurt people. Well, we're big believers that healed people heal Heal people, people. right? So it's my job to be the strength, allow myself to listen to my body, allow myself to go through certain things. Um, and And know that it's okay. So I am, when you say, who is Tamala? I am a servant. I am uh, here to be here for God's people. And I listen to him in every step mm-hmm. of my journey. Every step of my journey, I check with him first. Yes. I don't always get it right, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, I, I, but I try my best. But, you know, I'm going to fall short just like everybody else. So I am the owner of Codependent Me. I I use this platform to try to help people know that things that you've gone through, it's okay. You may fall short, but you can get better. You know, I am a mother. I am a grandmother. Um, and that's who, that's who I walk in every day. You know, now if you want to get into the, the life type stuff. I, I am an ops manager, you know, at work. I am a podcast host. I am an author and all of that good stuff. But, um, but right now my biggest, my biggest walk is being a servant. Yes. Wow. Um, Miss Gail, how did you feel, you know, um, when you went through the writing process, right? You knew that she would write something, you would write something. And when you heard what Tamala just shared with us about, so before you started reading and while you were reading, what what was going through you? What were your thoughts? How did you perceive that? Uh, hearing the truth from her in her own words. Mm-hmm. Okay, in the beginning, like she said, we wrote the, the uh, each part, each one of our parts, we wrote yeah. separate. Right. And then she came, got together and put it together. And then when I read it, in the very beginning, uh, some of the things that came out in the book, I never knew about. And some of the things were very hurtful, but I knew that it wasn't, she it, She didn't say it and to be hurtful. Right. It was just her truth. But it was hurtful because at the first and foremost, I didn't know what was going on. And because I wasn't present, being at, being honest, I wasn't present because I was an alcoholic and I was, you know, she had to do certain things that a young child shouldn't have to do. So a part of it was um, being hurt 
and then I felt shame. Um, but the one thing she always she kept telling me, you know, after I read it and you know we got together, she was like, "Mom, it's not. Don't. I didn't write the book to hurt you. It's to heal other people mm -hmm. and to heal ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so that's where. So now I know that um, everything that came out is because yeah. it needed to be told. Yeah, like you can't heal a thing if you don't call out a thing, right? Yeah. If you don't talk about it, if you don't name it, it can never be healed, That's right? True. Like in order to call something toward you, in order to do what you need to do to it, you can't say, hey, you got, you know, if you're calling someone, it's like, hey, hey, Deborah, come here. Hey, you know, come here. You know, I had to call that thing out mm -hmm. in order, number one, I'm not special. I'm not the only person who's going through what I'm going through, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, but sometimes we feel like we are. Right. And yes. I, yeah. I didn't ever want it to be a situation where it was a woe is me and all of that. But when I knew that this book needed to happen is when they say, and this is for anybody out there that wants to write a book. When you are writing, if you get emotional and you start to cry, if you feel that thing, your readers will feel that thing. And that lets you know it needs to come out. I wept so much during this book, Sugar. <laughs> because you're, 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 you're still, you're learning, you know? Like as you write, you're re you start remembering things. It's like, oh man, my goodness. Yes. You know, and then you start to get those emotions out. Yes. You know, I talked about, I never... When I talked about being um, a child in the apartment at the front door, like until I wrote that, I didn't know that I was healing something. Mm -hmm. I was just telling the story. But until it came out, I was like, oh, I felt unprotected. Yes. And until I wrote that, mm -hmm. I had no idea. Right. You yeah. know? So it's healing that thing. I called it forward, right? And then I could heal it. So, yeah. yeah, I feel you because I'm writing my own spiritual memoir, as you know, when we first met. Um, and I understand perfectly how it's like. We're still processing what happened to us. Yes. yes. And especially when it comes to trauma, mm -hmm. it's it's hard. It's hard to go there and um, acknowledge mm -hmm. what happened. Right. Put a name to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said something right now that reminded me of what you, both of you wrote in the book, which is silence is killing. Mm -hmm. I think something like that, right? This is what I remember. Mm -hmm. And both or the three of us now through this conversation, we are talking about things that should be talked about we yes. should talk about because that's what's going to bring healing in the world yes and it takes courage like miss gail um i like big bear hugs to you and so much love thank you for the courage yes. to share with us today to share with us in writing and to look back at your life with yes. that shame and and every other negative emotion that came to you, mm -hmm. uh, but daring to look back, acknowledging the truth, seeing the truth, willing to see the truth, that takes a lot, a lot of strength, a lot of a lot of stuff that uh, 
is about personality, character, and and inner powers. And then, you know, moving forward every single day, knowing your past, mm -hmm. yet believing and changing your present and future. Um, what I see in both of you is a decision you have made and then sticking to it. Even you fall, come back, fall, come back, fall. We all go through that. But the fact that you always looked at the horizon and you always kept to that thing. And, and you push through. And um, I don't know, can we tell people that, you know, it's okay to fall, it's okay. It's okay if you, have, you haven't, uh, you know, you made a decision and you haven't stick to it, that, that's, that's fine. That, this is what life is about. It's about learning, mm -hmm. learning how to. And I, I know I, I asked, uh, I told you that I would ask this, um, when did you realize this is beyond yourself to change your life? Because uh, codependency and uh, addiction, uh, any kind of addiction is a very tough situation to be in. Some people make it on their own, but others don't. So how, do, how did you personally realize, each of you, in your own situations that I need help or... Uh, you know, I cannot do it on your own. I've got to leave it to God. Mm -hmm. What was it for you? Well, for me, I felt like my life was out of control. I mean, just out of control. And I'm glad I made a decision to well, give, give it to God and become sober because I didn't want to get to the place where I had to hit rock bottom. Because, you know, so I'm, I'm grateful that I realized I needed to give it to him before something major happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so 10 years later, I'm grateful. And if I have, if I can tell anyone anything that they take from this is never give up. Right. Never give up. Mm -hmm. No matter how many times, if or when you fall or you fall off the wagon or whatever, just pick yourself back up and start all over again. It's worth it. God is amazing if you give it to him. The failure is not in the fall. The failure is, is in the not getting back up. Right. It, everybody, I, I said it earlier, we all fall short, right? So if something happens and you happen to fall, you're human. Okay. But what's your next move? You're going to stay there? You're going to continue to do what you're doing? Or are you going to say, you know what? I messed up. I acknowledge it. I keep it moving. You know, that the fit. If, if no one else hears anything else, <laughs> the failure is not in falling. The failure is in not getting back up. Yes. Period. So for me, um, in this journey of codependency, I didn't know what it was. Of course, you know, when you're in bad relationships, you go through counseling and all of that. So I had gone through counseling a couple times with my husband and um, I was told that I was codependent. I had no idea what it was. Did some research. I was like, oh, that's my tribe. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know me now. Right. So I just continued to do research. And thanks to mom, you know, when she's when she was going through doing her work and mm -hmm. getting sober as a teenager, I was able to go to Alteen. Al-Anon, you know, all of the Alice. Mm -hmm. I did them all. <laughs> so 
it was good because when I was when I realized that I was codependent and did my work in it, I realized that there they had codependence anonymous. I, I was like, what? I had no idea. So I was like, okay, so this is so then I'm I'm thinking, oh my goodness. So it takes me back to this whole addiction thing. So I'm like, okay, it's funny because you're always told that alcoholism is uh, mama's like, what? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Give me the word. Um, it's hereditary, right? Okay. Ah. It's hereditary, yes. So, yeah. but I wasn't an alcoholic. I, you know, I don't do drugs or anything like that. So I'm like, okay. But it's, you don't realize it's not the alcohol that's hereditary. It's the addiction in giving more of yourself to something mm-hmm. that you're taking away from yourself. Mine was humans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was relationships, right? So I had an addiction of people pleasing, mm-hmm. of fixing. Mm-hmm. So it was hereditary. I just tweaked it, mm-hmm. right? I tweaked it in a way. And it was because I was taking care of things when she was I don't want to say lacking, but wasn't doing certain things that mm-hmm. needed to be done. I had to take that place. So I started doing the codependent thing, the codependence anonymous and um, love coda. But some of the meetings that I went to, it really wasn't for me. I mean, you see, I'm kind of bubbly. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, we got to, we got to, it's, we got to move. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but when I went to the meetings, they were very calm. They were very, <laughs> So I was like, uh, not my style. <laughs> I, like, I can't do this. <laughs> I would be the same. Right. So I grew up with this whole, if you see a need, fill a need. Right. Yeah. So I started my own classes, my own meetings. Right. Mm-hmm. I was through Coda, but I had my own so I could run them lively. You're not dead just because you're codependent. You're not depressed just because you're codependent. You have a situation that you need to fix within yourself. You heal it. You keep it moving. You help others. Right. That's what it is. So that was, (laughs) I know, I know I'm too much. I can't help it. So that was the reason I started codependent me, you know, to let people know this is some, this is a learned situation and you can unlearn to relearn. Yes. Right? That's good. Yeah. It's beautiful. Good. It's beautiful to have an it that you know it's your it because you can do something about it. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's what it's about. Right? So I just want people to know don't be ashamed if you have an it. Everybody's got one. The problem is when people don't know it. And I want to just real quick, I want to, I just want to say, my mother, like she, she's so wonderful. She's she sits and she's so poison, <laughs> you know. But this woman rocks. This woman rocks because <laughs> she, rocks. she rocks because she has to hear the ish, the shame, the stuff that she did over and over, and she's not even that person anymore. No. Right? Yeah. And she has to keep having that poured over her, right? Yeah. She has to allow it to roll off her back like a duck. Okay. So 
I want to take a moment to honor her because she's not that person anymore. Amen. But she has to hear it in order to allow others who may be there right now to know I can be better. I can do, do better. It over and over and, and over. I know that I may have failed my children, but we can make me. I may, you know, just I just have to let people know that part. And that is why she and I have this beautiful relationship that I'm so grateful for. <laughs> I see the love. I feel the love. This is amazing. And please understand, people, it has not always been this way. No. Like there was times I'm like, I can't call her. I'm not going to call her after six o'clock because she's been drinking. Her drinking used to make me so mad. Yes. I used to be so angry because it's hard to have a parent because it does. Just because you're grown doesn't mean you don't need your mom. Right. Oh, we do. Yes. And there was a time like I knew I had to I had to <laughs> I had to step lightly after six o'clock because if I needed her. It was not gonna happen. No, it was not. She just yeah. wouldn't be available. No, she just wouldn't be. And you know, so there was a time that uh, that I I almost burned my kitchen down. <laughs> you? I thought it was. Sorry, Miss Gail, no, but I asked. Yeah, she did burn it. She almost burned. <laughs> she she did. But that was. <laughs> People get the book. Get the book. <laughs> What I'm saying, I have to live. I have to live that over and over and over. Yeah, it's like okay, right. Bring it on. Right, right. This time it was me, but I wasn't drinking. I was sober. I was cooking for my son, and I was um trying to make him dinner at the same time, and almost had a grease fire because I was kind. I shifted my attention to him and his homework. So I'm trying to. Fix, you know, I'm trying to put out the fire. I have my son on the porch. And the only thing I could think was, oh my God, what time is it? Because I need my mom. <laughs> Luckily, it was before six. <laughs> if this happens, six, I'm going to be able to call her. <laughs> oh, but it wasn't. It was like 4 30, 5 o'clock. <laughs> so she was able to come over and help me. <laughs> I love this. I love this. Wow. Mm. This, like that, this people don't think about, but you know, I don't have to worry about those things now. No. You know, it's a beautiful thing that I can call my mom at eight, nine o'clock and we can just talk like we, mm. it's my, this is my bestie. You know, it's my A1 since day one. Like yes. she said, my ride and live. That's mm -hmm. what, that's what we do. And it's through healing. It's yes. all through healing, yes. you know, but anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's perfect. Miss Gail. Yes. What helps you as an ex, as a former, former alcoholic, right? As somebody who made the breakthrough and is holding on to it, what helps you um, have that grease that uh, your daughter is talking about of letting the, the old stories just pour onto you without touching you? What what is that thing that helps you, you know, hold on to the love, the care, whatever you have for yourself so that you say, that's who I was. It's not me anymore. And that's it. It's not me. It's not me. It's God. It's him. He's the one that allows me to, to know that you're not that person anymore, but you still have to, in order for others to heal or you to continue healing, you have to hear it. You have to know where you were in order to appreciate where you are. Mm -hmm. And I am so grateful. I'm grateful. Yeah. And this is, this is a love, my love, this is my love. 
And she keeps me going as well. I mean, it's just knowing that she loves me unconditionally, which is something she didn't have growing up. Well, no, I always loved unconditionally. It was just I wasn't available. So I should have said I've always loved my children unconditionally. It's just that I wasn't available. So now I'm available for her, the grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, and it is amazing, and it's a blessing. (laughs) I like it. Yeah, you know, I felt to... um, Can you say your name again, please? Because I don't want to... Who, me? Yeah, you. Tamala. Tamala. Oh, I always pronounce it wrong. Please forgive me. It, it's okay. You can call me Tamala. I'm all right with it. <laughs> Don't say it again because I remember the wrong part. You guys, it's Tam. Tam. Yeah, they stop, at the a. they stop at the A, but you stop at the M. Tam. Yes. Okay. Allah. Tam. Well, Tam. Allah is. Uh, you you are amazing. Uh, from the first time I met you, we I, we never met in person. I hope we we do. Yes. But yes. when I when I met you online, uh, you have this vibe that you miss. Gail talk about which which is this um, huge support and co empowering and believing in somebody's gifts abilities, believing that somebody can do it. Like the whole. I don't know, an hour, however long it was when we were together for your podcast, mm-hmm. I felt loved and held, just like you say, Miss Gail, you know, I felt that that mama love in <laughs> you. It's it's something that you are, it's something that you express. And um, I don't know if everybody who's listening right now or watching knows this, but uh, I lost my mom when I was 11 and every woman that comes into my life Every woman that comes towards me and hugs me with words or physically or just just helps me, supports me, brings something into me, I take it as a piece uh, from God and from my mom, you know, like a message. You are not alone. See, there's there are other women who can support you, who can who can be with you. And your attitude and yours and Miss Gail's attitude really is a loving one that helps people who meet you feel safe. And because you've been there, you know what it feels like. And I know Miss Gail in the book, you write about the experience where uh, Tamala brought you to a meeting and you're like, just like Tamala said about her coda, like, oh, that's not her. You said like, no, because you were crossing your arms and Tamala yeah. only afterwards realized. And I looked over, she was like this. <laughs> crossing I was, I was very uncomfortable i was like oh i was uncomfortable because i was at a uh, al meeting where they were talking about the alcoholic mm-hmm. well i'm the alcoholic that they're but, talking about but she walked in with the wrong hat that's true we talked about that after. i don't know if i i can't sometimes i don't remember everything in the book <laughs> it is it is in the book it is okay. in the book yeah we talked about it afterwards at lunch because mm-hmm. I, I you know i try to i try to be very um observant you know, and it's funny that I love that you look at me that way. I thank you. Yes. Because there are people, honestly, who are older than me that say, hey, mama. <laughs> like, hey. Yeah. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that's a gift from God. I'm yes. grateful for that gift. Well, I, I hope I, I'm grateful you're not offended. Not because, at all. Uh, <laughs> we are young, both of us. Yeah. Uh, but I, I really could not help but feeling. I feel like I'm in front of a mama bear now, and I feel like a child. That is, that's I, how I felt. Yes, that's and I'm grateful for that. I, that that is God. That is God. Mm-hmm. 
But afterwards, the, after the meeting, because um, I saw her arms folded and I was like, okay, she uh, she walked in with the wrong hat. And so we talked about it and she was like, but they were talking about me. I was like, mm, that's an Al-Anon meeting. She was supposed to go in as the child of an alcoholic. Right. I went in as the alcoholic. She went in as the alcoholic. Right. And she felt like they were pointing fingers at her. And, you know, and she was like, ah, you're right. Wrong hat. Wrong hat. <laughs> but that's what, it's a blessing to have more hats. You see? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so for our friend, the listener, and for uh, who's watching now, um, we must be aware from what I understand from your experience, we must be aware of the hats we're wearing. Like what are the roles we have played in our lives? Because like you say, uh, we can be uh, an alcoholic, the son, daughter of another alcoholic, and maybe the line goes even deeper. So yeah. we got to uh, be aware first of who are we in relationship with the addiction or whatever that is, the codependency. And then, uh, then who are we in the relationship with the people who have been like that or have done some things like, and that means many hats, not just two. Yes. <laughs> you. Exactly. Yes. And they're in, and we call it hats. But if you like, if you think about it, you like, we were there to heal a certain part of ourselves. Right. So she walked in with that alcoholic up front, but she was supposed to be healing the child or adult of the alcoholic that her father, grandfather was. Right. So what I want people to understand is when you're healing, you're healing you, you have to be mindful of what part of you you're healing. We have like, I got, I got little boxes all over me that need to be healed. Oh, this needs to be healed. Then this, then this, then. So you have to pull that box out and say, that's what I'm healing today. Yes. Right. So she just, pu she pulled the wrong box, wrong hat, water, wrong hat, whatever, however you want to say it. But you know, you, we have so many parts of us that need to be healed. There's so many different ages, right? Yeah. Like when I talked about that little girl that was, that was sleeping in the living room that felt unprotected. That little girl was like four. She was like four or five years old. I that was you just to mention, right? To people yes. who have not read the book. That girl, that little girl that you're talking about is you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that pulled, I had to pull that square out and say, wow, she needs to be healed. And I didn't realize she had to be healed until I brought her forward, mm -hmm. until I brought up that story. So it's it's all it's all about bringing forward being cognizant of the portion of you that needs to be healed at that moment. moment yes and take it one step at a time because when we have different aspects of our lives and ourselves that need healing we gotta we gotta you know uh take care of it like like it's a very fragile thing yes. and and we need support uh, what kind of support have you received that helped you? You mentioned, uh, Tamala, you mentioned uh, all these parts of the uh, anonymous um, alcoholics and CODA. Uh, CODA. <clears throat> yeah, um, CODA is big for me right now. Um, I mean, I could, girl, I could go to a meeting a night if I pulled everything. <laughs> if I pulled everything, I could be like, oh, I'm going to do Al-Anon on Wednesday. I'm going to do <laughs> CODA on Thursday, <laughs> you know. But, um, Coda is big for me. 
my family on Facebook with Codependent Me. That is my love. Mm -hmm. They bring me so much strength. You know, people will reach out to me. You know, mm, you I, mean I the you mean your Facebook group? Sorry for interrupting you. Yes, you mean, yes, you mean the, now with the Facebook group? If I remember well, and please correct me if I don't. You said that you had your group public, and then somebody in the group had issues with their yes. significant other or whatever because they found out and you yeah. had issues. So now you protected the group uh, the best you can. It's a private group now, and um, you know before you actually come onto the group, I actually look into the person a little bit to make sure that it's a real profile. That it, so I mean I, I hate to say this, but if a person started a, 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 pro, a Facebook profile, say yesterday, they probably won't be able to be accepted today because I need to make sure that they it's a real person, that it's that there's true history. And, um, and then every post that's posted, I check before, you know, I, I allow it to be posted. You're protecting it. Yeah. I mean, I am not Coda in, in any, any means, but for me, in order for me to have a peace of mind of what I put forth mm -hmm. in my platform, I have to make sure that the people that are a part of my tribe are protected as much as I can protect them. Yes. So it is a private page. Um, the people that I speak with on my podcast, you know, being a host, it is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I have never, ever, like you can't meet awesome people like you do. Like yeah. I couldn't do that walking the Nashville streets. Yeah. I mean, the people that we meet on these podcasts are absolutely amazing. Just jewels, yes. jewels. So they help me in ways that they don't even realize. I'm, I'm interviewing, but baby, I'm taking it in and I'm absorbing <laughs> like a sponge. It's beautiful because again, healed people heal healed people. people. Yeah. So that's huge. So, yeah. you know, I, I go to my meetings, but really it's the Facebook page and the people that are like you, yes. you know, where we can come together and love on one another, support one another, yes, collaborate with one another. Like that you just can't get anything no. better than no. that. Yeah, I know. I, I, I know how you feel. Yes. Miss Gay, what about you? Because you said we're celebrating soon 12 years of being yeah. sober. 10 years. 10 years, sorry. Oh, 10 years on the 12th. I mixed it up. 10 years on the 12th of May. Um, for you, what helps you hang on? What helps you keep yourself on your track? Okay, I always tell people you go to your meetings, you read the uh, big book, you read a lot of literature on... Um, recovery um it's just it's a daily it's a daily process it's a journey yeah um it's a healing process um and and i go back to this but the the one thing is when you give it to god he takes care of he takes it all he takes it and he he, he, he protects you from everything so on a daily basis i thank god for my journey i'm grateful for where i am now and for anyone that's out there, just just keep going, keep going to your meetings, keep 
just keep just keep yourself being positive about everything. And if you're having struggles, get a sponsor. Like yes. I don't think we talk enough about sponsors, and they're sponsors in Coda too. I would just had someone. I don't know if you looked at the page the other day. It was mm. like I'm a sponsor if you need one, and I I would love to be a sponsor, but I, I, yeah. mm. it's not. That's um. That's not what my gift is. <laughs> what does that imply? So what does a sponsor, what, what does it take? That sponsor is a person that keeps you accountable. Okay. Or the, the uh, sponsor is a person that you call if you have an, a need or an urge to drink and, you know, you, you, you just need some support. Mm -hmm. So that's what a sponsor is. Like if you're about to lose it, yeah. oh, I'm sitting in front of the bar. Yes. I'm about to, I've had a bad day. I can't take it anymore. Like once you not, you don't have to be at that point right. that bad, but when you feel like you need someone to talk to and you can't find, it's too late for a meeting. It's mm -hmm. too late to talk, you know, talk to call your sponsor. Right. Your sponsor is giving you permission. Mm -hmm. I am here for you. Right. I'll do what you need at any hours of the night. I am here for you. That's dedication. I mean, the sponsor yes. must uh, be a dedicated person yes. willing to listen, offer safe space. And so hold that safe space and, and listen so well that they are able to be there for the person who is calling them and, and making yourself available all the time for that person. That is a lot of effort. Like I know as a, as a mother, uh, we all know we have children. You have also grandchildren. Uh, life is full of stuff. So when somebody says I'm a sponsor, yeah. that is huge. That's because they take the responsibility. It's a huge responsibility to be there for, for somebody else. Absolutely. Yes. I, you have to honor sponsors. I absolutely, I love them. I love them. They are so needed. And you talk about big hearts. Oh my goodness. You know, but I, I feel like everyone knows their place in their role and a sponsor. Oh, I love us. Sponsors. We love you. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, blessings, blessings to them. Yes. Uh, there is one thing that I remember from the book. I don't know which one of you, Miss Gail or you, Tamala, said uh, something about God is going to take only when you let it go. Because you give it, you said, give it to God, give it to God. But you mm -hmm. give it to God, but you got to let it go so God can take it and yes. support you through that. What does that mean? This, this is what it means. Okay. I am the person. She is God. Okay. If I, if I give this to God and I don't let it go, we're like this. Which is the book. So for those who don't see this, they are holding the the, the book together yeah. and, and nobody nobody's letting go. Nobody's <laughs> letting go. You're just holding it. But I so that. Right. So she is God and I want to this is my problem. The book is my problem. Yeah. You got to let it go in order for God to take it. The only way God can take it is for me to let it go. Right. Yeah. So that's that's what it is. Because either you're going to play tug of war with God <laughs> or you're going to let him have it. And that's what I did for years. <laughs> I didn't play tug of war with God for years. And then when I finally let it go 10 years later, I am I'm blessed. You know, I have there's this message that insight that keeps coming. We can call it intuition. We can call it insight. We can call it the voice of God. I don't know. Certainly it's not the voice of reason, because the message is this. We are always loved by God or source or however we want to call it. Right. Yes. So, and, and God, like you, you showed us with the book is always holding on to us always. Yes. 
the or life is holding on to us. Life is loving us. Life is holding on to us. Those who are giving up to ourselves is us. We are giving up to ourselves. Yeah. We are the ones giving up because we are always held. We are always loved. We are always supported. And we, for different reasons, trauma, depend, codependency, addiction, or whatever, because we are hurt, we cannot see that. We cannot, not, we cannot acknowledge that. We cannot feel that. Mm -hmm. And we are giving up on ourselves, and which can lead to a lot of hurt and a lot of, a lot of stuff after. So um, and thank you for, for sharing that because this is like these things now come together, you know. Yeah. We are loved, and if we want to heal, you got to let it go. Yes. Uh, and, and when we let go, we actually hold on to ourselves. Yes. We, we start showing self-love, self-appreciation, and acknowledging of who we are. Yes. This was such a beautiful conversation. And now my family shows me that this is the end. Yeah, it's good. I am, thank you so much for being here. I know you said it many times. Like, you got a message that you keep sharing. What is... Um, is there anything else that you would like the world to know right now? Like if there's something else that you would like to say to somebody that you haven't shared, what would that be? For, for me, um, I just want people to keep themselves first. Know that give yourself permission to hurt. Give yourself permission to cry, to grieve. Um, right before this call, I wept. Mm. I wept. And this is before our prayer. Yes. <laughs> On my way home. I wept, you know, the, the callers don't know, but my brother passed away two months ago. And um, it's been very hard. You know, we have, well, I don't have a huge family anyway. And um, I was, I still hadn't really dealt with the grief of my aunt, her sister. Mm -hmm. She died in 2019. And so between the, her death, then the pandemic, and all of that, and then my brother passing. If I did not, if we did not give ourselves permission to be angry for whatever reason, to be sad, to cry, like get in your body. I want people to know to get in your body and listen, feel your emotions and know that it is okay. That is what healing is. You have anything for people? Um, again, just if you if you fall, just get back up, and start all over. It's worth it. It's worth it. Talking about race, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking about color, and we're talking yes. about historical trauma because yes. that's what happened in the yes. letter. It's yeah. about historical yes. trauma. Absolutely, and um, it's so funny because the person that I wrote the letter for. I still don't think that he knows it's about him or for him. <laughs> I don't even know if he's read it. <laughs> but um, it, I, it's, it wasn't in the original book. I added it later. Mm -hmm. And because I felt as though it was very important for the audience to understand the history. So I thank you mm -hmm. for mentioning it because nobody ever has. You know, this, this letter was because a person that I, whom I love so dearly, but they are very lost in their identity. 
and they were very upset about how they were treated and told me that they would never, that they were, they were tired of dealing with black women basically. Mm -hmm. And it hurt my feelings, but for this person at that moment, it wasn't about me. Um, if I had given them the information that I put in the book, I, it, they wouldn't have heard it. You know, you, you have to have discernment on when a person is hearing and when they're listening, right? right. He wouldn't have heard me. So I had to get it out. That's one thing about me. I have to get it out. And then I read the letter to a couple people and it made them cry. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. But basically a lot of people don't realize that some of the trauma that we go through comes from our history. It's things that we've learned. Um, it may be traditions. Um, it's so many things that, uh, can be tradition, all traditions, it doesn't mean that it, it should continue, right? right. Um, so I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to put it out in the book because I want people to, first of all, have permission to talk about it. We don't talk about race. We don't talk about slavery. We don't talk about ancestors a lot and how certain things that came from our ancestors are some of the reasons that we feel certain ways today. So that was very, very important. I don't want to give the letter away, but I do want to say that I had to tell the truth about my history. I'm not um, minimal, minimalizing anyone else's in any way, right? Yeah. I think that we all need to know where we come from and how our ancestors were treated because it all has to do with how our grandmothers were treated, how our mothers were treated, right? Breathe, yes. And our ancestry is huge. Yes. You know, I, I read this book called My Grandmother's Hands. This was after, this was a year after the book was published. And you don't realize that not just my grandmother's, your grandmother's hands, it mm -hmm. looks a certain way for a reason. Mm -hmm. Your great grandmother's hands look away for a reason. It may be because she cooked. It could have been because she gardened. It could have been because she picked cotton. You know, it's so many reasons that our grandmother's hands look the way they do. And then our hands are going to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. I looked at my hands yesterday and was like, like how be art? Ah, our hands tell a story. Yeah, they do. I remember my grandmother's hands. So I know what you mean. Yeah. I took a picture. I have this, I have this beautiful picture of my grandmothers, my moms, my aunts, and my hands all together. Wow. Beautiful. And now at the time, all four of us were here. Now only two of us are here. Right. But we have that picture. Mm -hmm. to hold those beautiful hands that held up so many beautiful things, mm -hmm. you know, held the, mm. so I thank you for bringing up the letter. Yes. Because it means so much for everyone. Everyone do not take for granted your ancestors. If, if it were not for them and what they did, there would be no us. It's very
thank you, Tamala, for for saying that. And just know that I'm I'm really excited to have you um, on the next event. Mm -hmm. We're gonna put the links uh, to the show also. Wonderful. And how people can can find you? What uh, can you give us some information on how they can contact you? So they can contact me at codependentme at outlook.com. They can go on www.codependentme.org. They can click the contact button. No problems with that. Um, the book is available on Amazon, Books A Million, all of those places. Um, they can also get it at greatessentials.com, which is GR8 Essentials, the number eight. Um, so yeah, they can reach me at any of those outlets. You can find me on Facebook, Tamla Shaw, um, Codependent Me is on Instagram, LinkedIn, all of that good stuff. And I'm here for anyone that want to chat, want to, you know, just tell me their story, because that's the one thing that I want everyone to also know. And I say it on my podcast. You no. matter and your, your story, story matters. Oh, I love hearing both. Miss Gail, how can people find you? Because you are also, you have your own certification and, and training. Mm -hmm. Oh. Um, you think about that? No, huh? I didn't. I, just, I don't. I mean, I'm just, I'm just. Uh, I'm, I'm on Facebook. Well, Facebook. But what I do is I try to. Um, be there for her and everything yeah. that she wants to do. And so mm -hmm. I'm just very supportive of what she does. Okay. <laughs> okay, mama. We got you. <laughs> so ride <or> live. <laughs> ride <or> live. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for uh, giving us your time and from sharing uh, your stories. We honor you. We acknowledge you. We wow. love you. And I say we, me, and... Uh, who our friend listening and those watching. And I hope to meet you again with another opportunity. Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for your platform. <laughs> much love to you. Love to you. Take care. If what you heard touched you or helped you, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite place for tuning in. Pay it forward by sharing it with others. I'll be here for you with the next episode. I'm Andrea Petrut, your Healing Through Oneness show host. Remember, we are connected. We are one. <laughs>